The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, players? This is the talk of champions, franchise player. Always. Boss player. Forever. Welcome into another edition of Franchise Player. Side crossover podcast with the Old Man Spirit on three. And inside the Rebels 247, he's David Johnson at Rebels 247. I'm Ben Gerdat, Spirit Ben. And today, like every Monday after an Ole Miss football game, is Overreaction Monday. Ole Miss, of course, beat Kentucky 22-19 on Saturday to move to 5-0 and on the year. And now, ranked number nine in both the coaches' poll and the far more important Associated Press poll. David, what's up? Hey, what's going on? Number nine with a bullet, I might add. It's always good to wake up and be 5-0 and and you take a gander at who you're playing, and it's Vanderbilt, right? Um, so, you know, our expectations fully are for this team to be 6-0 and when Auburn comes here in two weeks. I know it's overreaction Monday, and I've got one for you. Um, well, fire that bullet, man. All right, here it is, man. Look, <clears throat> as good as the Ole Miss offensive line blocked Saturday, okay, no sacks of Jackson Dart. They opened up a few holes against an SEC defense. They have to fix whatever is going on at the center position. That's um, not really an overreaction. That's just what no, it is. No, look, look I, I'm telling you, it affects everything. It ultimately affects everything. And as, I, as I went back and rewatched the game on TV, Jackson Dart played really good. Ben, he really did. Handling all of the ground balls to the quarterback, <laughs> um, how that disrupted his rhythm and everything, we don't know. But for him to perform the way he did, as bad as the ball was getting to him, because in addition to everything else on Jackson Dart's mind, every single play, on Saturday, the first thing that had to be, where's the snap going? Uh, that's usually an automatic. So I don't care if it's Caleb Warren. I don't care if it's Eli Acker. I don't care if they have to bust Hamilton Hall out and put him at center or Reese McIntyre. Somebody's got to be able to snap the ball, snap it correctly. It's the first responsibility of the center before you worry about the 330-pound man on the other side of you, you've got to get the ball there. It has to be muscle memory. 
There's simply no excuse for it. Zero. And, and this is coming from a guy. Hey, my kid played center at Ole Miss, right? I can't tell you, and I've told you about this, how many damn snaps I took in my backyard on the practice fields with him just getting extra work in so it would become muscle memory. This has got to got to be fixed, Ben. It's it's got to be fixed, got to be fixed this week before you go to Vanderbilt. Yeah, that's not an overreaction. Overreaction would have been to say Reese McIntyre is going to be the starter for Vanderbilt at center. That's an overreaction. He started against the Florida Gators a couple of years ago. He did. He did. How that was come out injury was, by the way. Uh, you know, I, I really don't know. Uh, we obviously know J.J. Piggies is back. Zach Evans, they used, uh, I think, based on a tolerance situation. I mean, he had nine carries. They probably would have liked to given it to him more. Um, you know, but but I, I don't really recall anybody getting hurt. You know, I think it's the same suspects there. You know, what you hope is that, uh, you know, Caleb Warren can heal up and get back in the lineup. But my question is, and this may be somewhat of an overreaction, now that Micah Pettis has come out and played and started in a game and played well, who's the odd man out on the offensive line when everybody gets healthy? Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. Can any of those guys snap that might be the odd man out? That could be the one that wins it. Who, right? who, who is the odd man out? I said, I don't know. I mean, it could be. Uh, tell me one of the guys that might be an odd man out and tell me if they can snap because I'll take whoever can snap, right? Yeah, if Michael Pettis know. is that good, leave him a right tackle and give me somebody that can snap. Whoever's yeah, left. I, I don't know. I think Caleb Warren's probably the best option, but you know – you're not taking Nick Broker out of the lineup and you're not taking Jeremy James out of the lineup. And really you're not taking Jaden Williams out of the lineup. So, you know, it, 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 I think it's Caleb Warren, Eli Acker, Mike Pettis. One of those guys is not going to start when Caleb Warren gets healthy. Yeah. Caleb Warren's going to start at center because he's obviously the best snapper. Like as far as the quality of offensive linemen, Eli Acker and Caleb Warner are about the same. They're both good. They're both really solid is what I'm saying. I, I like them both. Yeah, they players. are. They are. Both of them are good guys. I really love Eli Acker, man. He's a great guy. Caleb Warren's a great guy. Um, not that that matters. No. <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, they're similar. They're they're similar. They definitely are. Um, All right, if you had to rank choice of those three, Micah Pettis, Eli Acker, and Caleb Warren, um, third to first, who has the most upside? Man, that's a good question. I would go uh, upside being NFL ability. I, I would go Acker Warren Pettis, you know, if you want to project out that far. Um, well, if you've got an NFL lineman lying in wait, then you don't not start him if he's ready. So if I'm he's getting... ready, yeah. yeah. And he looked ready Saturday. Ready. Pettis looked ready Saturday. He definitely did. So the, the greatest compliment you can give him is that in his first start, wasn't that his first start? That was his first career start. That's right. First career start. In his first career start, you didn't notice him. That's the best compliment you can and, and I'll pull this up real quick. But uh, Ole Miss did not give up a sack again Saturday. 
And it takes a few games to build a trend, but I want to see where they're ranked right now in terms of sacks allowed. They've given up two all year. Two. We've talked about this before. The offensive uh, line has actually played right really well. Right, let, let's see. All right. They're ranked second in the country in sacks allowed. Second in the country. Oregon's only allowed one sack. Ole Miss is tied with Georgia Southern, Kansas, Oregon State. And how about this? Ball State for two sacks allowed through five games. By the way, shout out to the Ball State Cardinals. Big win over Northern Illinois Saturday. That was an upset. Why do you know about that, David? Yeah, yeah, because he lies coaching there. That's right. That's yeah, right. I had, I had it on TV, was able to watch the end of it, and uh, went to overtime. But the Northern Illinois team that almost beat Kentucky, they beat. So good for them. Good day all around for the David Johnson household on Saturday. Yeah, it was. It really was. There you go, yeah. yeah. It sounds like you're just now thinking about that and considering that. But, hey, good day all around. Yeah, you know, it was an interesting day in the SEC. I'll mm-hmm. tell you that. I, uh, overreaction Monday. How about those Missouri Tigers almost knocking off a flat Georgia team? You knew it wasn't going to happen, right? Yeah. We're you're watching that game, and Missouri's up by 10, and <laughs> they keep kicking field goals and trading field goals. You knew what was going to happen at the end. Georgia was going to wake up and take the game. And that's what happened. But uh, that was an interesting game. And LSU thing about that game is like I've I've been in that position, um, covering Ole Miss or following Ole Miss. Yeah. Or, oh yeah. Where sure. if you get up ten against the team you're not supposed to, and it never feels like you have a real lead. Oh it man, never I felt flash- like Missouri had a real lead <laughs> ever. I, I have flashbacks to I believe it was 1987. It was in the in the mid to late 80s. Ole Miss, Alabama, playing in Jackson. Alabama's got some lofty ranking. They're probably ranked number one in the country. And midway through the first quarter, Ole Miss is beating Alabama 21-0. 21-0. I'm going crazy. Everybody's going crazy. Final score, 63-21 Alabama. 63 unanswered points. Uh, so, yeah, we've all been there before. Yeah, that never felt like Missouri was in control or was going to win to me. It just, when is Georgia going to wake up? But Ole Miss didn't really need waking up. And I'm glad you brought up how the offensive line has protected Jackson Dart because Jackson Dart has taken, and we've talked about this countless times, especially after the um, Kentucky game and the postgame show. He's taken real significant strides over the last couple of weeks where he looks like a quarterback that is emerging. You don't just see the flashes here and there. You're seeing on a regular basis, even throws like the interception, you saw progress made. You might go, wait, what is? what are you talking about? That's an interception. But, like, that wasn't him just forcing something that wasn't there. He just got fooled. That's it. And that happens to every quarterback. It and does. It happens more frequently with guys who are still in developmental stages like Jackson Dart is. But the offensive line, it's, it's really funny. It's a funny dichotomy to me to see how there's this hand-wringing about the offensive line when they've been so good. But oh. it's because oh, of the very public mistakes. Because when you're the center and the snap's not getting back to the quarterback, 
That's something that fans and media, everybody just assumes, right? You just assume that the snap is going to get there. So when it's not getting back there, that becomes a very public problem. But if you take away that very public and very real problem and consider that what we usually judge offensive lines by, this offensive line far and away has been really, really good. Yeah, two sacks in five games. I don't know if that's ever happened at Ole Miss before. And, you know, as you wake up on Monday, they're second in the country in terms of, by definition, by how we define it, protecting the quarterback. Right. And, uh, you know, it it wasn't five minutes after the game was ending Saturday. I looked on the message board, and there were a couple of threads about how terrible the offensive line is. It's not. And, and I'm like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? The center play was terrible. The O-line blocked very well. But the center play wasn't terrible. The center snaps were terrible because yeah, they were still doing their job. Because the thing about center, and, and I'm not some center expert. I played center. I wasn't worth a shit. But the thing about center is you got to get the snap in all-in-one motion, take a step, get your man if his nose guard is uh, right uh, on you. It's such a hard thing to learn or to master as far as being able to do it on a down-to-down basis. It doesn't excuse rolling the ball to Jackson Dart. No one is excusing that. No, that is bad. they no. got to get it corrected. But there's so much more to center play than just the snap. And, and I sympathize with Caleb Warren and Eli Acker in the SEC going up against 350-pound nose tackles, and that ball's rolling back because they're just trying like hell to get to them as fast as possible. So well, it, it's, it's, it's not so easy as – the offensive line is shit because it's not. No, it's not no. So, as a center, yeah. the first thing you're doing is getting to the line of scrimmage. You're identifying the mic. You're making the right. line call. And then you're, right. you're snapping the football. Then you're blocking. You're, you're carrying out your blocking assignment. The snapping part, Ben, it's got to be as easy as reaching out and touching your nose. It has to be muscle memory. Right. It, it's got to. Yeah, you can't think about it. And then, you know, once you've rolled one or two back there and somebody taps you on the shoulder and go, hey, man, you got to get those snaps up. And I was worried about this the entire game. I was worried about one getting fired over his head. Me too. Because then you're going to put a little gusto on it. That didn't happen, fortunately. But uh, it's got to get cleaned up. Got to get cleaned up. I don't care who's snapping the ball. That You, you just can't have it. You can't have it. I'll be honest with you, I've not seen that. And maybe it's because I haven't watched any other team really closely forever. I can't remember the last time I saw a game where the center quarterback exchanges and shotgun were so off all game and never really got fixed. You haven't watched the Miss Al game in years, have you? Oh, God, no. It's like every year, you know. Uh, well. a, lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times they don't bring a center into that game. <clears throat> so somebody down there is designated as the center. Hey, which is the right call. Good job for those missile coaches. That's what you should do. Uh, it, yeah, it's usually a fiasco. Um, I can remember uh, 2015 missile game when uh, my son was a center. <clears throat> First time he'd ever played center in a game in his life since peewee ball. Okay. And uh, Mississippi won that game, and they were going to down it at the end. Keon Howard was the quarterback, and they had already – messed up an under center exchange. So when Mississippi downed the ball to end the game, they did it from the shotgun formation. Uh, it's just kind of a, it, it's an art. It is. You go with your four best offensive linemen and your best center. That's usually how you do it, how you like to do it. Um, 
and um, they got to fix it. Yeah, they got to fix so it. That, overreaction. overreaction number one. Overreaction Monday for me. Got called yesterday by a buddy of mine who I talk to about all my stuff all the time, and he was like, "Well, how do you feel after that one? What do you, what do you think they're going to be?" And I said, "I think they're going to be undefeated going to Alabama." He said, "Well, what's the final record going to be?" I said, 10 and two in the Cotton Bowl." Is that an overreaction, or is that more in line with where they're headed right now? They could get better. They could do better than that. And it but better be. than that is what the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's not uh, you're not ill founded to be thinking about the playoffs right now, because as the schedule lays out, look, seven and zero going to Baton Rouge, they ought to beat LSU. So that's eight and zero going to College Station, they ought to win at College Station. See, that's, that's the one that I picked them to lose just because that looks like I, I, I did too in the preseason, just because it's such a tough task to go into College Station and win, but. Come on, man. A&M, there's nothing special. Ole Miss should win that game. They should come back to Oxford 9-0. and And then you've got Alabama, who's going to be undefeated. So you're going to have two 9-0 and teams out there. The, the universe of the college football world, it's capital city, will be Oxford that day. And anything can happen. That's a 2014 now, repeat with college game day and everything. Oh, oh it's bigger than that. It's yeah. bigger than that. You're going to have two unbeaten teams. You may have, by that time, number one, and depending on what Georgia does, number three or number four. One versus four, maybe. Um, that's certainly not out of the realm of possibilities. And, you know, I, I've said I'm, I'm not going to pick against Alabama until they show me I should, and they really haven't. Um, so it's probably Alabama lose. this year, even with – maybe not the same kind of dominance that we're used to seeing out of Alabama. Tell me this, Alabama, it, it is going to exactly, end up in the exact same place at the end of the year where they're in the championship game and they're undefeated. I mean, it still yeah, feels I, like I, that's what they're going to do. Well, this, this is what I think happens. And, and, and this is just guessing here on October the 3rd, okay? It's guessing. That's the point. Ole Miss loses to Alabama, and you've got two games left that you're going to be favored to win. Arkansas and Mississippi State. See, I think Arkansas is going to give Ole Miss fits. Yeah, it, it's always tough to play in Fayetteville, particularly in November. It's probably going to be nasty weather, rainy, cold. You know, you got to overcome obstacles. But let's just say this is an 11-1 Ole Miss team at the end of the regular season, and, <laughs> and, and their only loss is to a 12-0 Alabama team. So Bama's got to go to Atlanta. Ole Miss gets a buy, a pass, if you will, it of not going Michigan to Atlanta. To lose. It needs Ohio State to lose. Yeah. They're going to put Georgia and Alabama in there in that scenario. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I could see that. And you're not going to get three in. I don't care what anybody says. Right, that's going to be my next question. Three. I was going to ask but, that exact question. Would they really put three SEC teams in the playoff? But, like, but, but no, you're not. You're not. No, no, it's a whole nation full of college football teams. They're not going to put three of the four from the Southeastern Conference in there. I don't believe it. Um, so, what if Ole Miss is number five and Michigan and Ohio State are four or three and four, and they got to play each other? And one of those, yeah, so, yeah, somebody, somebody's going to be below Ole Miss because Michigan's going to beat Ohio State or Ohio State's going to beat Michigan, and one of the others going to going to screw up and lose somebody else along the way. 
But let, let's just say now, Alabama and Georgia are going to meet in the SEC title game, Ben. But they're going to be undefeated. And I think an 11-1 and Ole Miss team not in the SEC title game has got more heat than a 12-1 and Georgia team that Alabama just beat. Yeah, but the, the committee won't title. see that. The committee won't go with that, probably. I don't know. It depends on how bad Alabama would beat Georgia. You know, it's all about who's hot and everything. And and don't forget, and I know you haven't, Ole Miss has the Lane Kiffin factor. Lane Kiffin turns TV sets on. People watch Lane Kiffin. The media salivates over Lane Kiffin. It's anecdotal to choose this, but think about it. What other coach could have pulled it? Maybe Nick Saban could have pulled off being the guest picker at his school for college game day. <laughs> Who else could have pulled I mean, it off and gotten away with it? Yeah. Look, Lane is uh, Lane is one of a kind. He's and the best I, thing I gotta, that's uh, happened yeah. almost football in the modern era, period. He is. Absolutely. Period. Absolutely is. And uh, people talk about who's going to be the next school to come after him and everything. Doesn't matter. Pay him, pay him, pay him. Give him more money. Um, Saturday is an example of the dividends you get from keeping Lane Kiffin here. Vault Hemingway Stadium was rocking. It's going to be that way the rest of the year. All this hullabaloo about all the students are leaving early and the fans aren't coming. Look who you played in September. That's why. If it were Vanderbilt at home, I'd be worried about the crowd. But then the next week, I mean, they're going to be packed out. For Auburn. Yeah, and Auburn Auburn just can't get out of its own way. When's the last time you thought about retirement? What about saving for your kid's college? In these crazy economic times, working with a professional is of the utmost importance. And that's where my friend Thomas Chandler comes in. Thomas is a financial planner with Capital Financial Group. And he wants to help you make the right decisions for your financial future. So give him a call today at 662 296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. And tell them that Ben sent you for a no-cost consultation and get started toward financial independence today with Thomas Chandler of Capital Financial Group. Your Ole Miss baseball rebels are national champions. Yes, that really happened. Your eyes did not deceive you. And what better way to celebrate since we all spent way too much money getting to and back home from Omaha than with a new car. Well, the only place to buy a car in Oxford, Mississippi is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They'll get you in the car you want at a price point that you can afford. Give them a call today, 662-234-8000. Ask Brian or Mason to tell them talk. Talk of Champions sent you because now Talk of Champions actually makes sense. Ole Miss Baseball won a national championship and they'll get you in your dream car with your Ole Miss Omaha Magnet planted right there on the driver's side door. They're located at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Contact them today, 662-234-8000. That's Alan Samuels, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of the national champion. Talk of Champions podcast. 
BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Talk of Champions is also brought to you in part by my bookie. You know football, and you pick winners all the time, so why not get paid for them at my bookie? Bet single game spreads, money lines, or parlay multiple together to increase your payouts. Low contest entry fees and over half a million to be won. Make it so you don't have to be a pro gambler to have fun. Getting started is easy. Just visit mybookie.ag, mybookie.ag, and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, on your first deposit to secure a double deposit bonus. That's promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, to get your first deposit matched dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. My bookie is a proven sports book that makes it simple to bet and win. So make this your winning season exclusively at my bookie. Brian Harson is desperately just trying to get his buyout, get the hell out of there. Yeah, there's going to be a change. And look, Harson's a good football coach. He's in a bad fit at Auburn. I don't know who fits well at Auburn. They fire everybody. I mean, come on. They fired Gene Chizik two years after he won a national championship. They fired Gus Malzahn and Gus won it all. Well, that's the crazy thing is that, like, when I was talking to my buddy yesterday, and he was like, what do you think about Lane and Auburn? Two years ago, after after his first year at Ole Miss, Lane absolutely was in contact. Would have went. He, he would have won. Yep. They, they weren't interested. That was when there was questions about Lane. But now I think it's, you know, the complete other way. And I'm not just talking about his Twitter reference saying, why would Mark Stoops and Lane Kiffin consider Auburn? That's just Lane being the Twitter troll, which I love. I mean, in modern college football – to have your head coach fully engaged like that in the marketability of online marketing, it, it, it's just he's perfect for it. But he, he wasn't saying he was interested in Auburn. It was more dismissive because I feel like the roles are reversed now. Auburn would have to, I mean, absolutely empty the bag to get Lane Kiffin to consider Auburn because Auburn is such yeah. a mess. I don't and, think – where's the Auburn stuff – where's the Auburn Lane stuff even coming from, really? Uh, it, I don't know. I have no idea, but look. I'll, I'll go on record with this. Lane Kiffin's not going to take the Auburn job. Look, these coaches know the backdrops of these jobs. Yeah, they're not uh, dumb. 
Yeah, and, and look, so you go from the woods in North Mississippi to the woods of South Alabama. I, I'd rather be in North Mississippi, to be honest with you, where I'm running this show. Have absolute Auburn, freedom, autonomy correct. to do whatever the hell you want. Correct, absolutely. And down at Auburn, look, man, there are too many cooks in the kitchen. And that's, Who even really makes the decisions, of- David, honestly? Who makes the decisions down there? It's a mysterious man. A mysterious man makes all the decisions. Uh, but, no, forget about that. Now, people say UCLA. Okay, what if that job comes up? Well, the Bruins are playing well this year. So, that job may not come open. And even if it does, no. Lane's been to L.A. I no. don't think he goes. Uh, Nebraska? No. 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 Because Monty coached there one time? That's that's the connection to Nebraska? Are you kidding? Look, I've been to Nebraska. I've been to their facilities. I, I've been in their luxury suites. They've got an incredible facility. Sweet that brag, might as bro. well might as well be on Mars, Ben. It's the middle of nowhere. Nowhere. You go to Lawrence, Kansas and take a right and you see nothing for 300 miles. Nothing. The dynamics of Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin and that marriage are completely different than they were a couple years ago. He's making over $7 million. He has complete autonomy. The entire brand of football is him. I'm not just talking about on the field either. His dog is the unofficial mascot. Yeah, how'd that happen? He can do whatever he wants to do as long as he's winning games. Find me another big time top 20 job, top 15 job, where he would get this kind of freedom. There isn't one. So, for everybody out there that might be worried about it, Ole Miss is one proven that it'll pay for him, do whatever it takes. It won't be because of money that, that Lane Kiffin leaves, but I just think this conversation is different now. I don't think he's going anywhere. It had to be a great, perfect opportunity. And I'm thinking more like the NFL. Because I don't see any of the potential. If and I said it last year, now you can't say it last year and not stand by it now when this when the coaching carousel won't be nearly as ridiculous as it was last year, won't be anywhere close. That was like a once in a generation type of carousel. That carousel was insane. And I said last year, if he gets out of this carousel, still the head coach of Ole Miss, he's going to be here for a while. And I stand by that. I don't see any of these Arizona State. Hell no, no, I'm not going to Arizona State. No, he's not going oh, to Auburn. No. I don't know what no. Auburn's going to do. I mean, they're going to have to get a desperate placator. Well, who does that sound like, Hugh Freeze? Yeah, I, I think Hugh Freeze would be my leading candidate for Auburn. But, look, people have to understand, in the SEC, you play in palaces and you have the best of everything. It's not that way all over the country. Like, I can tell you now, Ole Miss has better facilities than UCLA. Better everything. And and the, the truth be known, USC as well. Yeah, they got a great locker room and all that stuff, but so does Ole Miss. And who cares? I mean, that, it's going to have to be a key key job. I mean, I you're just talking don't see that job. You know, and and I, I'm kind of like you. I don't think that job is open this year. And I even mean, if it was, I, I don't like people discrediting what Ole Miss has become too, and the commitment no. that it's shown as far as football. They scraped or scrapped. They scrapped. Long held yeah. plans to fix Vault Hemingway Stadium and his problems because they saw where the focus should be, and that's an NIL and getting players and paying for players and paying for their amenities and their facilities 
Um, and you thought you you'll probably say, wait, the stadium is their number one facility. Not really, it's the practice facility. So so I got a softer chair somewhere else to watch the game. I you know what? It's a hundred yard field. Put some bleachers up and let's play football and win football. And that that's the pro, the approach Ole Miss has taken. Yes, they're building facilities <clears throat> for recruiting. You know. And, and for the program, there's no doubt about it, but putting the stadium renovations on pause was first class. Absolutely needed to do that. Um, you know, they had the big NIL relaunch on Friday. Um, they know what they've got to do to compete, and they're doing it. Uh, the reason that, you know, people get caught up in this mindset of Ole Miss and not having this and not having that that that's about 15 years old, 10 years old now, really and truly, because mm. with the, the TV money that pours in, everybody's rich in the SEC. Everybody's richer than really anybody else in the country in the SEC. So if you need it, you got it. And, and, and that's, that's the beautiful thing. I mean, that's, that's where we're at. Um, I'll give you another overreaction. Chris Partridge has made fat men sexy again. I love it, man. man. I love it. No, the belly video is going everywhere. I pulled my belly out this morning and looked at it. I was proud. I mean, hey, hey, let's eat good. Let's coach good football. Let's show our bellies. I'm all for that. Did not know that's where that was going. Uh, But back to the reaction about Lane Kiffin, my whole deal is, I get that old scars are still scars and they're still fresh and they always will be because they're scars. But Ole Miss, while it's hurt you a lot, is not the same Ole Miss is all I'm getting at. So don't just sell yourself short because Lane Kiven will have interest from these other schools. He got interest last year, and guess what? He's still your head coach. He's still your head coach. And this coaching carousel is going to be weaker than last year. And, yeah, he'll never be hotter, but he's always going to be a hot candidate wherever. But where is he going to get the same kind of exposure? He even gets it almost almost has surpassed UCLA. It has surpassed Auburn, in my opinion, right now, as far as a brand in, in modern college football. Which one? And you'd say, oh, well, that's because of the coach. Well, in a way, but also culturally, Ole Miss has branded itself as a fun school where you can come and you can play ball and party and go win, and it's the highest level. It's become this this little you let your uh, belly hang out, yeah. Yes, that too. It's become this – it's not the same Ole Miss, but I know that Ole Miss fans still think about Tommy Turville leaving, you know, Ole Miss for all oh, yeah. all these kind Broke of bad, mark. bad things. But when's the last really bad thing that's happened? When, fourth and 25 was horrible. Has there been another fourth and 25 with Lane Kiffin? No. Well, He's broken the curse. You want my overreaction or overreaction that, today? That's, that's just football, man. That's just football. That didn't have anything to do with Ole Miss. And uh, I know, but what I'm saying is if you still believe in we are Ole Miss curses or the old scars, Lane Kiffin has broken all those rules. That's my overreaction. So don't sell yourself short, Ole Miss fan, and worry about Lane Kiffin. No, go, oh, we're Ole Miss. They're going to have to come take him from us. And so far, Parker, no one's been able to Parker. do it. Partridge has the most famous belly since I dream of Jeannie, man. It's everywhere. It's it's just a beautiful thing. I'm all for it. I've yeah, got a belly. Like a good little point there. My overreaction was saying, nope, we're, we're still here. Yeah, you totally dismissed my Partridge thing, so that's why I'm still on it. But but that's all right. 
Um, because I sympathize but, with my man. I, I'm I am one that has dealt with bad camera yeah, angles. Man, man, you're skinny, dude. Oh God, no. You can't be in the fat man's club. No way. No oh, way. Oh yeah, I'm you're hard not, in the fat man's club. Absolutely. No, Absolutely. you're you're like you're like body conscious, man. You you uh you just gotta let it go sometimes. I do have body dysmorphia. I'll fully acknowledge that. But yeah, uh, yeah. Chris Partridge, what like him owning man? That was. That was that a was awful. for fat guys everywhere. Not even fat. It's just a dude. I'm saying, man. Yeah, just a dude gut. That's all that was. Yeah, Lane. He doesn't do. He doesn't go out there and do your friggin' Pilates and shit. Okay. You don't have to drag my guy. We're proud, man. He's a good. I saw, football yeah, coach. I saw. I saw Lane dragging him on Twitter a little bit about that. Yeah, but that's, that's okay. just Lane. That's Lane's a troll. He's like every friend's got one in the friend group, man. I mean, every person's got one in the friend group. Elaine Kiffin, who no matter what, you're you're going to be the fat one. You're going to be the stupid one. You know, doesn't matter. Chris Partridge, I love what you put. We need to print T-shirts for for this uh, franchise player podcast. That's that's. Oh, what did you say eating good and what? Look, look, ball. Uh, eating good and coaching ball. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> but look, you know what needs to happen is every guy, every guy that's two fifty plus for the Vanderbilt game. You need to wear a cutoff shirt, a half shirt to the game, and jiggle your oh, belly the whole thing. game. Yeah, that would be a that'd be a hell of a promotion, right? Like, the, I mean, you like think Ezekiel about Elliott or going back for Ole Miss? I think it was Trey Wicker that used to do it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, sixty-four thousand plus in the vault. How many? How many guys? Two hundred and fifty pounds or more? I'm gonna say ten thousand. Ten thousand bellies juggling every time the Rebels do something. That'd be great. That'd be a heck of a promotion. Jumbo I think Tron. that'd be a great idea for like big. ten minutes minor of TV. Yeah, it'd be a good minor league baseball promotion. But um, but anyway, <laughs> the marketing people here, as brilliant as they are, they won't tap into my idea. I'm sure they've been really good this year. By the way, not that they, they have bad they have. previous years. Man, look, stepped it up. About thirty minutes prior to kickoff Saturday, I'm sitting in the press box and I'm going. This stripe out thing is going to be not very good because most of the Kentucky fans have filed in and they're wearing this Royal blue and they're, you know, they, they, they take about three sections up of the stadium combined. And uh, some of them are in the red section, some are in the blue and then the Ole Miss people start coming in and, and, but by God, let me tell you when that stadium got full, it was striped. It looked great. I think we ought to keep on doing that, man. That, that just yeah. added so much character. Well, I think what it needed, I think incredible. what these, uh, like Paris Buchanan, he's a buddy of mine. I mean, he's, you know, he's a buddy of yours too. He does their marketing stuff. He's been awesome. And one thing I would say to him is like, hey, now that you've, like, you've proven to yourself that Ole Miss fans are different too, that you could pull that off, that they will follow you and they'll do your striping and stuff. I think that was like a test case, a test run of can we try more stuff? Try more stuff. I think Ole Miss yeah. fans gave you permission because they will show up and do the thing. Old days, it had been hard because there would be too many old – old people that tell you to sit down all game that wouldn't i'm wearing my red and i'm sticking to it <laughs> hey you know, now hey, everybody's on the same page in a lot of ways big belly saturday for the vanderbilt game needs to happen not not well, vanderbilt no it does vanderbilt's a great no i was gonna say vanderbilt's great because it's an away game no you don't want to do that on the road you just look tacky at that point but uh but but no i mean come on big belly saturday for auburn Come on, guys. 
This sounds yeah. That's that's what that's what you want. No, no longer talking about how beautiful everybody is at Ole Miss. Look at the Grove. Look at all these beautiful people and dressed up <laughs> on Saturday. No, now it looks like Dega. Big hairy belly sticking out all over the stadium. Yeah, now it looks like freaking Talladega, like the like the infield at Talladega. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, which Ole Miss was represented at Talladega over the weekend? Nice little uh, Ole Miss paint scheme on the truck. Did the guy win? What's his name? Purdy. Yeah, did he win? No, I don't know. (laughs) Who won Talladega? It was the truck race on Saturday. All right, before we get out of here. What are you paying attention to this week in Ole Miss football? Is Caleb Warren back in the lineup at center? Um, you know, um, I hope he is. And I hope all the snapping issues are cleaned up. I'm paying attention as to, you know, how healthy is Zach Evans? Uh, as we mentioned, he only touched the ball, I think, nine times against Kentucky, maybe 10 times with a pass. Um, is he going to be back full speed? Um you know, I hate to say it like this, but in overall scheme of things, where the hell is Jalen Robinson? Um, he played Saturday, but he wasn't. He was not involved, really. I mean, you know, he he's a he's a talent. He's got to get involved. Uh, is Kari Coleman going to be back on the field? And, and you know, <clears throat> it's interesting because look, Ole Miss is going to beat the hell out of Vanderbilt. We know that, okay. And this is a this is Vanderbilt, all right? Yeah, they beat Hawaii 63 to 10, but Hawaii is the freaking worst football team in America this year. Might be one of the New worst teams ever. Ever, 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 ever. New Mexico State skull drug Hawaii a couple of weeks ago. And just, I know their the program's in complete turmoil. It is It is in bad shape. They play in a high school stadium. You know, home field's been condemned. And they got a first-year head coach. Did Eli um, ever go on, like, a visit to Hawaii? No, no, but he played them twice last year, uh, once in Las Cruces and once in Honolulu. So uh, uh, I always wondered that. Why, I, when I was younger, why didn't just all college kids go to Hawaii, right? Yeah. And, okay, look, I'll, I'll tell you this. He called Hawaii when he went in the portal. It was like, hey, I'm in the portal, guys. You know, you know, never could gen, gen up any interest. And uh, New Mexico State, obviously, they were one of the schools that called and offered him. And, he looked at their schedule, and it was like they play Hawaii twice, and they go there. I think I might go to New Mexico State and go out in the desert for a year. And that's that that had a lot to do their schedule, getting to play in at Honolulu, getting to go to San Diego and Los Angeles, and that had a lot to do with why he went there. That's a good reason to go. I will say Honolulu is not really Hawaii. It's just a big city in Hawaii. I mean, when you go to Hawaii, you want to go to Maui or whatever, and it's awesome. Honolulu is a big city. That is where Pearl Harbor is, though, but it doesn't feel like what you're expecting to walk into. You, you're not going to walk into Honolulu. You're going to get your lay at the airport, and you're going to walk out and go, oh, God. This no, isn't yeah, no, anywhere. It, it was funny. I think they flew in on a Wednesday. The game was on a Saturday, but still five-hour time difference in uh, the mountain time zone and, and there. So they wanted to adjust their bodies. They stayed in Waikiki. Is that Waikiki or whatever? Yeah, Waikiki. Waikiki. Yeah. All right. At a resort on the ocean, on the beach. And I'm <laughs> like, well, life. did y'all go see Pearl? Nope. Never had the time. Never had the time. He's, you know, in between time, they go out and walk on the beach, eat Hawaiian barbecue. And uh, 
That was basically it. Hotel room and football stadium. Yeah, that's but, not a Hawaii experience. Now I get it. That's not a Hawaii experience. No, not 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 really, not really. Yeah. But he did play a game there. Um, Kari Coleman, you're watching for him. Anything else? For yeah. Uh, look, I love Michael Trigg. He's a great athlete, one of the best athletes on the team. You know, we were banking on he was going to be a gamer. I think Lane's a little frustrated. Oh with yeah, I mean, you got Fox News writing a story about a, a yeah. show on the sideline as if it was as if he was trying to torture his player. I mean. Like, like it was probably incarnate or something. I mean, it's just ridiculous, uh, man. I mean, I saw like the Braves swept the Mets over the weekend. They're two games up. No one cares about this, but they're two games up um, for the NL East, and they got three games to play. One is their magic number. And one of the first things I see is what a great series, but also how dare they still do the chop? The perpetually aggrieved stuff is beyond tired. He wasn't physically assaulting Michael Trigg. If Lane and Michael Trigg got in a fight, I'm putting my money on Michael Trigg. Yes, uh, a hundred. No disrespect, Lane. I know you've been killing yeah. it with Pilates, but a hundred yeah. times out of hundred, I'm taking <laughs> yeah. Michael Trigg. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I, I, I look, and I'll just say this to come on, Michael, get going, get going. Jackson Dart needs more open targets out there. He needs a red zone threat. Desperate. This crybaby, perpetually agreed bullshit's just got to stop. That's all I'm saying. Pushing in the heat of the moment. I mean, that Nick Saban has done that a million times to players, and it, he didn't have headlines written about it. Because it's Lane Kiffin, I am not worried about Lane Kiffin and Michael Trigg's relationship. I'm not worried about Michael Trigg being traumatized for life. They're fine. You're right. I can't tell you how many times I was <clears throat> I was grabbed up when I was playing football. I mean, it just happens. Such a non-story. It's just so stupid. Anyway, I always ask on Mondays, your way too early score prediction for the game ahead. What's your way too early score prediction for Ole Miss Vanderbilt? Oh, man. Um, I've never known you were going to ask this. Uh, I ask it every Monday. You act surprised. Yeah, I know. I, I, I always forget. Um, way too early, right off the cuff, uh, 49 to 12. 49-12, Ole Miss. Four field goals, they're going to miss two extra points? I mean, how they get to 12? Yeah, that's going to be interesting. 12 is an odd number. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, four field goals. Vandy's right. kicker is going to be their offensive player of the game. Um, no, man, look, this Ole Miss defense is for real, okay? Mm -hmm. it, it is for real. And um, Vandy doesn't have the players yet. Clark Lee has only been there since, what, his second year? I actually you know, really like Clark Lee, too. I do, too. I do, too. And they won't fire him until after five years. It, it, it's it's wash, rinse, repeat, whatever. Rinse, wash, whatever, repeat up at Vandy. Um, well, you have to wash before you can rinse. and then you Okay, wash, rinse, spin, repeat. Wash, rinse, spin, repeat. Um, <clears throat> it's, a, it's a coach's graveyard. Outside of James Franklin – Who's made it out alive? I mean, Jerry DiNardo did for a little bit and went to LSU and got fired. Who was his career? I always remember the Vanderbilt coach um, back when I was younger growing up being characters. Like, what was that guy's name? Woody – what was his name? Woody something. Uh, Woody, Woody Woodenhofer. Woody Woodenhofer. Yeah, great defensive mind ended his career. Okay, but effectively ended his career. I think he went down to southeastern Louisiana or somewhere for a little while, but, you know. See, when I think Jefferson Pilot, or when I think 11 a.m. games, even though they're the big – Woody Woodenhofer, yeah. I think of Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, Jefferson Pilot, Woody Woodenhofer. And Hal Mummy and all those guys. Yeah. You know, and the definition on your TV was so bad. So bad. 
when no John Nichols hit that game-winning 54-yarder against Vanderbilt, I saw it um, in very grainy footage from Jefferson. Everything Hall. was grainy back then, yeah. And it would always come on like uh, you were popping in a video cassette tape or something. I mean, uh, you know, Jefferson Pollard, it, its logo would be crooked, and then it would straighten up and all that good stuff. But uh, That's why I'll Neal, always ride Dave or die. Neal with uh, Dave Neal, no matter what. All right, you say 41 to 12. I'll go with that. I like 40, that. 49, 12, 49, 49 12. 12. All right, I'll say 54 to 18, since we're doing weird numbers. No turnovers, no you know, no fumbles, no interceptions. Uh, play, play a complete game. Uh, be dominant, start to finish. And I'll feel good about them. Um, you know, if we go up there and Jackson Dart throws three picks and we lay a couple on the ground and uh, it ends up being a 34-21 contest, I'm not going to feel as good. I like the way that sounds. He's David Johnson at Rebels247 on Twitter, writes for Inside the Rebels. That's an affiliate of 247 Sports. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of on three. If you haven't already, subscribe to Review Talk of Champions and iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. If I get four or five-star reviews, each one of you, I'm going to get your addresses and get shirts made. And my buddy Sawyer Wheatley at Screen Cone, New Albany, that says eating good and coaching ball. Eating good and coaching ball. I love – hey, that's my phrase now. Don't go running off with eating good and coaching ball. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.